This is a HeadGum Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Squarespace. Ooh. Ooh, Squarespace. You guys. You can build websites on Squarespace, right? What? What can you do on Squarespace? Yeah, man. Uh, Duh. You, can, you can build a website like jamesthirdcomedy.com. Or better, johnbraylock.com. Or better, jamesthirdcomedy. No, you already said that You already one. said that one. It doesn't work like that? No, Wait, you can't go so, back. But here's the thing. The reason that we use Squarespace, like, just for... <laughs> If you want to know, like, it's easy to use, all right? How it's, easy? It's very easy. You can add and arrange your content and features with, like, the click of a mouse. Oh, wow, that's pretty easy. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and check this out. You get a free custom domain when you sign up for a year. But that means I can put, like, drawmilliganhatesjamesthird.com? That's right. Yeah, sign up for a year, get that for free. James Third comedy. Nah, that's okay. Stop yeah. it. No, yeah, one, no, one's, no one Look, knows The other thing I like about it is, like, they got beautiful <laughs> templates, like... You know, the design is a best-in-class online store with Squarespace award-winning templates. You know what I mean? I know exactly and what you, don't you need, mean. You don't need to, like, download a plugin. You know, like, the how annoying websites get, and they're like, please, update your plugin. It's like, shut up. I want something where I don't have to download a plugin. Right. Squarespace got that. Yes. You know what they got? They got seamless commerce tools. You mm. got a business? You got a business? Why are you so yelling at the businessmen? I'm just saying, you got a business? Yeah. Yeah. People want businesses. Yo, People are entrepreneurs. Yo, well, these commerce tools, man, they're so seamless. Plus, like, even though it's really easy, you know, if you need a customer support, Squarespace got you. Oh, 24-7. Cool. Oh, 24-7. That's I have cool. Had, yeah, I, so I that's have nice. Had, sometimes I'm like, you know what? Because it's so easy to use, I'll be, like, shocked in the middle of the night. How easy it is. So, I'm like, so I got to go to customer support at like 1.45 in the morning. I'm like, what's, why is, why so is this so easy to use? And oh, they man. told me. They told me. Oh, that's respect. That respect. That respect. That. Uh, yeah. So please sign up for Squarespace now and use our offer code. Yeah, use ours because we to get 10 percent off your first purchase. The offer code is jump. Yeah, I get it because our podcast is Black Man Can Jump. So jump. Our offer code is yeah, jump. J U M P. Use that today. All right. Squarespace, set, set your, your website, website apart. apart. Y'all say that's so sexy. Like, I like it. Let's start the show. I wrote, I wrote that Martin Luther King over uh, Malcolm X. I love Malcolm X, but Martin Luther King's quote was like, I don't have it, but... And I wrote it in my notebook. Yeah, but both of them, they, and they... I mean, both are inspiring. I just don't... I messed the them up. The yin and the yang. <laughs> jinx? Jinx? But also jinx. I don't have the quote. I'm sorry. <laughs> you just... I, th- I wrote it in my notebook. It was a rough morning, yeah. <laughs> it's hot outside. Yeah, bro, it's been rough. Yeah, IMDb in which one call it does everything. It's about violence. The only reason the reason I brought that one up is it, it was about like oh, it was because I it was got about it. Like, I got it. You ready? I got both quotes. <clears throat> violence as a way of achieving racial justice is both impractical and immoral. It is impractical because it is a descending spiral ending in destruction for all. The old law of an eye for an eye leaves everybody blind. It is immoral 
because it seeks to humiliate the opponent rather than win his understanding. It seeks to annihilate rather than to convert. Violence is immoral because it thrives on hatred rather than love. It destroys a community and makes brotherhood impossible. It leaves society in monologue rather than dialogue. Violence ends by defeating itself. It creates bitterness in the survivors and brutality in the destroyers. And then the Malcolm X quote is, I think there are plenty of good people in America, but there are also plenty of bad people in America. And the bad ones are the ones who seem to have all the power and be in the positions to block things that you and I need. Because this is the situation, you and I have to preserve the right to do what is necessary to bring an end to that situation. And it doesn't mean that I advocate violence, but at the same time, I'm not against using violence in self-defense. I don't even call it violence when it's self-defense. I call it intelligence. And uh black y'all and uh black y'all and I'm like no, that's all I all I hear in my head when I think of those quotes are just like because I remember you guys ever see the the t-shirt uh with Martin Luther King and Malcolm X like laughing and shaking hands. Yeah. Remember I wore that shirt in college and people on my floor, that. people on my floor called me a racist. Cause I was wearing because people because people I feel like racist. Oh, because I feel like people don't understand what Malcolm X actually was about. They just think he hated white people, and I'm like, that's not the case. But because you so, had a shirt, oh wait, with- it, it got intense. It got intense. <laughs> I had a bunch of who were my friends at the time walked up on me in my room and was like, "Hey, how can you walk around here with the shirt like he hated white people?" And I'm like, "The man didn't hate white people. Like that's literally not at all." I was like, "What?" Not like not only that, but you do realize that the car that you have. Like one of like one of one of my friends had the Confederate flag on the back of the car. I was like, you do realize that that flag is probably oh. more hateful than what this T shirt is. You not, know what I'm saying? Not probably. Uh, no, but I'm, but I'm just talking to them. Like, do I you mean, understand prob- the difference? Like, probably, yeah. if we think about it. Just probably. a factual you know, statement like that maybe. it is more hateful. It's like it's like <laughs> it is. But these are people who walked up on me though. You know, like legit walked into my room Ugh. and was like, hey, we need to have a talk because you're wearing a Malcolm X is on your T shirt. Um. Like That's legit, crazy. like this is legit. Like maybe this is not even maybe this is freshman year of college, maybe yeah. freshman year. And it was like that's what went down. I wanna, I wanna just say that I, I imagine those people didn't read the book. Oh, I think about those people. I feel like those people don't even really know who he is, what he was about. They probably heard from one of their parents that he probably said, "Hey, if a white person shoots you, shoot him back." You know, they probably heard some dumb shit like that. But and at the end, and even when Malcolm X. In the, like towards the end of his life or his span, he talked about inclusion. He stopped with his, I guess, hateful rhetoric, if that's what people want to call he it. Got murdered. That's exactly why he was murdered and kicked out of the nation of Islam. He got kicked out. Well, he became too popular. <laughs> he he, became he too started popular. to overshadow Elijah out. Muhammad. And then he also saw that Elijah Muhammad was doing, you know, some extra stuff. There was some accusations of, of him. Uh, having inappropriate sexual relations with mm-hmm. uh, with some of his um, uh, female employees and young ones too, right? young mm-hmm. like like in the teens, yeah. Um, and you know he branched off. He 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 was beginning to start like a new a new movement where white people could help, but um, not necessarily be directly involved, and something that you know would be uh, more inclusive. Um, because he went to Mecca, you know, yeah. right. mm-hmm. and he saw that there were all types of races of yeah. people praying together. Yeah. As the world is, as the world is so interesting. Everyone thinks Every, like, I'm, I, 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 I remember it's so funny. Like when you have certain things, I remember where I was sitting and how many people were in my room. Yeah. I remember one girl even tried to be nice and be like, you know, but it's cool. Cause, oh, this is the, 
But you're not like you're not like them though. You're not like the other ones. You're not like them though. You're not. And I like I would just line from line in there. Yeah, like you're not yeah, like them. Not, they're they're like, you're not. They're not black. I mean, they're black, but they're like they're more than black. They're, you know, they're like super. You know, you know, they're more than black. It's like all of you hear that is, and and that's so crazy about that is that is supposed to be a compliment. Mm. You yeah. think about something like that, like yeah. that's supposed I mean, to be a compliment, right. in yeah. Their, in their eyes, I guess it's crazy. It's crazy how like I'm uh, just yeah. Anyway, I don't know if we're talking about this now. Oh, let's uh, start let's this show. It. This is gonna be a good show. <laughs> this is good. All right. Jonathan Raylock, James the Third, Drum Milligan. Fight the power! What? What? Fight the Fight power! Fight the 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 power! That makes it. That was uh, just that was awful. I disagree. I 100 disagree that that was awful. We, that we was gave like, it, we gave it a little different flavor. That's all that oh is. Oh my lord! Uh, welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood City. Uh, I'm Jonathan Braylock. Draw Milligan. James the Third. Uh, and we have a special guest. Yeah, we today. got one of our homeboys in, in here. The studio. From Astronomy Club. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Astronomy Club. Uh, UCB's, UCB's. Like Maud. What is it? Charles? Charles. 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 Lloyd Knight's Barrymore. And a, and a Harvard. A Harvard man. A Harvard a man. Harvard. We have a black Harvard, Harvard man in here. That's how that's pronounced. A Harvard. Harvard. You do re- before we even say your name, you do realize we invited you here because you're black and you went to Harvard, right? Yeah. Okay, as long as you know why you're here. I went to Harvard for acting, but sure, yeah. Let's hey, do man, it. hey, man, hey, man. But now. you went to Harvard. Harvard. <laughs> Shantae Bowen in the house, y'all. Hold on, wait a minute. Hold on. I got, no, I'm sorry, I messed it up. No, I, got, no. I got an intro. I got an intro. Bray, you do it. I got, I got to set up, I got to set up the drums. All right, he's going <laughs> to. I'm going to set up the drums for you. No this is another song. All right, and nice I'm about drums. to introduce the yeah, name that you literally just heard. Wait, wait, wait. We got to set it up. Okay, I'm ready. And. It's actually Shantae Bowen. It's actually better than he normally is, if you can believe it. First off, man, those drums are getting better and better, man. Getting a new percussion system is getting good. Still the worst. Getting a new percussion system. That's how you do drums. That was really good. Hey, Bray. Do you do the drums? I do the drums. That's really good. I do. Shut up, James. I'm just saying, could you do the drums from now on? I do the drums. (laughs) What? I said it's pretty good. Like, I feel like if I close my eyes, I'd be like, oh, I'm sitting next to Bobby McFerrin. How's my trumpet? Why would you do a trumpet? Because I, ah. I do that sometimes. We're not a band. <laughs> I sometimes do Oh, my God. Right. Brain, start the show. Oh, goodness. Where are we? Reviewing the film, do the right thing. Now, yes. We've, we, have, we haven't done a Spike Lee joint yet, and this is the first time we're doing it. Uh, mostly because you know we're cheating. <laughs> yeah, I mean we, there was a lot of discussion on where, which Look, Spike Lee. It's movie been a year, and now we're removed. there are no rules. Now we are officially <laughs> removing some of these. I shouldn't say officially because I don't want people to continue. I mean, people do say uh, for us to do independent films a lot, but the thing is, we really are trying to attack this from a holly a more broader perspective. You know, because anybody can make a film. Yeah. But as you but, guys can see, it's getting tougher and tougher to get some of these big budget movies because yeah. the opportunities that people of color get are 
far and you know far yeah. and few. Obviously, so, there's I mean, still a lot we haven't done. Without us retreading, without uh, us actors, do, yes, like now, doing the, the same, same actors. I will say, even though this was an independent film, it was only released in like three hundred something theaters. It still made it made like twenty seven million dollars. Oh yeah, off of like a th- it was maybe three, three million dollar budget. budget. So Very like good. it was, and it's. It's the like it, it got nominated. Yeah, for it got nominated, uh, and also Academy in nineteen ninety nine, it was lost. entered into the National Film um, Registry. Okay, yeah. so like this, this it's this very well known, very important. respected. You know, pro- probably Spike Lee's most famous film, mm-hmm. even though he's done a bunch. I would say, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it is. He's like done. He, he's done a bunch, but this was like Oscar nominated, and then the guy who plays um, Sal was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Yep. So like, I mean, this is this is Danny a very Ayala. important movie. Um, yeah, it's an important movie. It's probably one of his best. I would say it's definitely in my top three. I'm a big Spike Lee fan. Yeah. So what would your top three be? My top three would be uh, Do the Right Thing. Right. Uh, my second would be uh, Malcolm X. Right. That. And then the third one, it might be controversial, but it holds a special place in my heart because I saw it in college and I actually got to see Spike Lee uh, talk about it live, do a Q&A, uh, Bamboozled. Yeah, bamboozled. Oh, bamboozled. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think I've ever seen bamboozled. Oh man, it's I'm. You gotta watch. I can't that. wait for you to watch it. And yeah, to talk about it. It'll fuck oh. your mind up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Also, it's really hot today. So yeah, it's very it's hot. It's a scorcher. It's, it's very scorcher. hot, which is very appropriate for this film. Apropos. And also, as we all know, black people are still getting killed by cops, which also makes this movie super relevant. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be yeah. a spoiler, but uh, this I don't know watching this movie. Like, I, like watching this movie, it was like, yo, this stuff. It happened in nineteen. This came out nineteen eighty nine. Nineteen eighty nine, which means they filmed it nineteen eighty eight. And the stuff that they're talking about in this movie is still the same still shit I mean, we're dealing with. Not, right the now. exact same. The exact same shit. Like the exact it, same. when it happens, they're like, it happens, and it's just like, and then they have a list of, of names, names of names. names. Yeah. The, the, just. I know, and they were reading those names, and I was like, "Oh, there's so many more." <laughs> there's so many. No, I don't. Re- I don't remember those names anymore because there are just other ones now that yeah, we are- got new names. And that's this is this is years before Rodney King. Yeah, this is before. This was right about Rodney three King. years before. Actually, if you watch Malcolm X, uh, they use video from the Rodney King beating to start that movie. So this is only uh, yeah. this is only like three years after "Do the Right Thing" came out. Oof. Right. Uh, so. For so the, y'all know what this episode is about for, to be like. For those who haven't seen the film, <laughs> just real quick, like, basically, I mean, there is no necessarily, I guess, like, Spike Lee is the main character. He plays a character called Mookie. Uh, but the film is very much like a portrayal of just this Brooklyn, like, neighborhood. Bed-Stuy. Um, yeah, bed and, uh, and And basically, we kind of see what's happening on this very hot day. It kind of, it focuses a little bit around this pizzeria that's owned by... Um, Sal, uh, Sal uh, his and his uh, two sons, Italian, and uh, and then but we're also like going in and out of different characters' lives. You got the mayor, you know. You got uh, Ruby D, who's mother's sister. Oh Ruby D, you know, killing so it. You Ruby got D. killing it. Uh, Juan Carlos Esposito, who's playing Bugging Out, amazing. Oh, you who's, know. That? Who, who, who's that? That's salt? I mean, uh, what's his name? Gus? Gus? Used to call Gus, him? Gus? Yes. Hey, man, Juan uh, Carlos Esposito. But before he was Gus. <laughs> before, he was, <laughs> before he was Gus, he was a person that he was weight. <laughs> hey, man, listen, one, one, one of the most famous scenes in cinema, I would say. <laughs> Which one? The shoe one? Yeah. Okay, dope. We got that. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a hot scene. You know, you got Radio Raheem, of Ooh. course. 
You got right. Martin Lawrence was in this too. Martin, Martin Lawrence is in it with a crew. Dialect There's like a couple work. of them. Yo, right? Dialect he had a list of Samuel Jackson. I was like, oh man, you Do got that a speech impediment. I believe it. And Rosie, per- Rosie Perez is uh, is Mookie's uh, love interest, if yep. you would. Uh, can I also give a shout out to Robin Harris? Oh, yeah. I was yeah. just yeah. like, yo, really? Sweet Dick Willie. You got, I, the reason I shout him out, you got to understand. Like I was old timers. I was like 13, I think, when this movie came out. I saw this in the theater. My aunt Francis, Robin Harris was like the hottest comedian. At the time. Yeah, because this, this is before this is before Baby Kids and House Party, right? Yeah, it's definitely. I think Baby Kids definitely came out after this, and then uh, and I think he got House Party off of Do the Right Thing. Gotcha. This is this is that this is that that time period, right? Mm. He he was a beast. He was I mean, amazing. my man, my man. At one point, not to skip ahead, but now that you bring him up. <laughs> they have a discussion, and he's like, "Man, it's too hot." Like one of the other old guys, like it's too hot to be having sex. And Sweet Dick really gets so mad. <laughs> it ain't never too hot. It ain't never too cold. Like he literally goes, like, he goes, he literally goes this thing. You know, I got this name, Sweet Dick Willie. Like, bro, he just feels like one of those old cats. He's the old That's timer. Just, like oh it's man, so this movie. Good. Okay. Uh, you got your Korean, uh, you know, Korean uh, grocer, grocer, Ooh. who shitted on the black people until they were about to ride, and he was like, he was "Well, like, I mean, he's faces. He's also facing daily yeah. constant yeah. racism, abuse, yeah. 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 like nonstop, <laughs> nonstop thing too back yeah. then. Like, um, what was that? Oh, y'all remember Death Certificate? The, the ice movie? Cube? No, no, the Ice Cube album, Death oh. Certificate. There, there was a whole like yeah. tension between black. Uh, the black community and like uh, Korean because didn't grocery it, store owners because didn't a Korean grocery store owner in Los Angeles shoot a young girl or something like that and she got away with it not got away with it but she went to jail for like a couple of months I think so because it was in the early nineties I remember it was such a big deal because it was this girl <laughs> and literally it's again it's another case on videotape and I know this because of hey if, not to plug another show but if you guys watched the thirty for thirty on OJ. It opens Ooh. up with like the racial the new tension. One. The, the new one. Like eight the eight-hour one? The eight-hour one. That's the first good. episode is solely on just racial tension in California yeah. and in America. Yeah. And you see this Korean woman just shoot. You just see her yeah. just shoot this girl. And literally what? a couple of months later. Which, why? Well, the girl like. The, you stealing? see the tape. She it's didn't. Black. She didn't steal. Maybe she was going to. I, it's so tricky because like now I'm like maybe she would have. But in the tape, you don't see the girl do anything. Right. You see the girl at the register. Maybe she was yelling back and forth. But you see her get shot. And then wow. the next footage in the in the tape is like the court case. And they go over the court case, and the woman gets. I think she gets six months. <laughs> you know. This? Yeah, I don't know if it's controversial. So, but something similar that happened just recently where uh, they had a cop. Uh, two cops on patrol in like a project, like housing projects. And like uh, there was a dude coming up the stairwell and I guess he got, cop got nervous. He was like an Asian American cop. He got nervous and he shot. Uh, he just fired oh, his yeah. gun and it ricocheted. ricocheted. And then uh, a lot Why of Why was like, his gun out? Because they were responding to a call. But no, they they were just patrolling. Oh, they were just patrolling? They were just walking around. I thought they were responding to something. But still, unless so you're responding to like a it. shootout. No, yeah. No, like your he gun doesn't. I mean, no, he didn't get acquitted. Cop, but like, I think he got acquitted. I think I'm almost positive he's the only person who's gotten convicted. No, there were I know a bunch. He, no, Asian American cop. He got acquitted. I'm pretty sure. There was an Asian American cop who killed the guy in the video. I was gotta it, look um, that up. Cause I, uh, that was in the car. What was the guy's name recently? The stairwell. In the car? In the car. Um, his uh, his Philandro? girl. Phil- was it? Philandro? Philandro Casti- Castillo. Yes. Castillo. That, that guy was actually right. Asian. He wasn't white. Everyone thought he was white. Yeah. Yep. Um, Basically, the, anyways, the so let's do initial thought. Among, amongst 
all races. Yeah, it's tension yeah. everywhere. Like that's a good this that's a good thing about this movie is that this movie didn't paint anybody as a villain because even, you know, the blacks, like they make like they go and they harass the Asian guy. Technically they harass Saul. Like Saul's yeah. son obviously hates black people. There's just so <laughs> yeah. much like even even in um the Latinos in this movie, they have like a rivalry with the blacks and then mm-hmm. like it's not until the end where like something happens where it becomes Oh, all of us black and browns versus like oh. whites, you know? Okay, I just looked it up. He did get convicted by a jury, but and the, then the judge reduced the conviction to criminal negligent homicide and then sentenced him to five years of probation and 800 hours of community. So he's out. Okay, so. But he was convicted. He was, okay, he was convicted so let me, by let me, a court of. I, me, I see, now me, that's some bull crap. Yeah. Bruh, I mean, but it was, it was like. Asian community organizers that were like protesting and saying like, "Oh, you're trying to scapegoat him because like you can't convict these white officers." Yeah. Anyway, which there is something to that too. Yeah, I was like, yeah. he was the only person who was even indicted. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like all the other, none of the other cops were even indicted, let alone faced to trial. You know. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, just so people know, like we're not about to sit on this episode and crap on cops. There are good cops. Like I just want oh, people yeah, to know, of course. like, no, because I feel like everyone. Every time you say anything bad about a police officer, they're like, "Oh, you hate all cops." No. They're just like just like I mean, some teachers stupid. are good, some teachers are bad. You know, just like mm-hmm. just like to, some humans are good, some humans just are bad. To, just to, you know? just like all right, real quick, like just to check everyone. This is <laughs> this is what checking privilege means. Like, if you automatically, when somebody is pointing out a problem amongst like any group of people, to automatically assume that they're demonizing a whole group, like that's when that's where we get into trouble right you can criticize a, a problem that's happening in the police community and not say all cops are bad you can mm-hmm. criticize a problem that's happening in government and not say like all politicians are corrupt even though they are you can criticize <laughs> but you know what i'm saying like you can like cri- like this whole like you can criticize you know men for uh, doing rape culture and not believe that like all men are rapists like yeah, this whole this very like defensive thing like you know, like white people have it too. Like, oh, there's a racism that happens with white people. And like for white people to be like, I'm not racist. It's like nobody calm down. Like nobody's right. saying you are. Nobody's calling you a rapist. Like, but there is a problem and we have to address it. But anyway, you're, you're challenging everything they know. You're challenging like a, a power structure that they may benefit from. In yeah. Some yeah. Way. And their perception of themselves, like because yeah. they, they identify with that person because they are that, you yeah. know? And that's and, tough, too, because, yeah. like, as a man, sometimes, like, you know, we were talking about this thing that happened in the comedy community. As a man, there's certain things that I just don't even realize because I have a privilege of being a man and not having to worry about, you know, when it comes to comedy. I don't have to worry about, it, you know, if someone hits on me, like, will I be... Like, I don't feel fearful. You don't have uh, to worry like, about going home yeah, with somebody. Or anything. Or, I don't have right. to worry about, like... Drink, like yeah. yeah, somebody roofing you. Yeah, or saying, like, if someone, like, asks you out and saying no, I don't worry about whether or not I'm going to be ostracized or, like, you know, banned for certain shows or anything like that. Like, that's a privilege that I know I have, which is now I'm realizing it because right. of things that are happening. Like, and that's... There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, like, acknowledge that there's a problem and move on. People right. sometimes, like... Like, Braylock said, oh, no. Oh, that's not me. What are you talking about? We got to stop this PC culture. Hey, man, it's not a PC culture. It's saying, let's talk with respect. That's yeah, literally yeah. it. So, it's like, treat people like a human being and don't be a dick. Yeah, it's like, that's <laughs> literally it. So, uh, so anyway, this so movie. Let's, do, let's, do, let's do initial thoughts. Shantae, the guest? Yo, I mean, this movie, for me, it's like, just let, push, take, I mean, it's a very political movie, but put put the politics aside for a second. 
it's a beautiful movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very, I think one of the reasons the movie works so well, it's so artistically, it's so artistically well made. Just the way it's shot. Like, I watched it uh, last, I watched it again. I've seen it so many times, but I watched it again last night to re- refresh my memory. Just the camera, how he moves the camera, the storytelling. I felt like I was, like, the acting. Like, you don't, you don't oftentimes see acting like that anymore. Like, um, is it Ozzie Davis? Am I saying that right? Yeah. 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 Like, just. Mayor. The mayor. The mayor. Yeah, the man. Just such a beautiful portrait of a human being you know um the way that they just technically the way they use sound public enemy i mean i remember spike lee went to public Enemy. i mean not that i was there but spike lee you know public enemy bro you were like yo yo you heard the story from public enemy straight up <laughs> Dang. i was sitting on flav's lap and <laughs> <laughs> like fight the power was like an anthem like that was the summer jam and just the way that they use that one song throughout the whole movie they had the uh that was it the score i don't know what the technical term the score, score yeah Terrence score. Blanchard. this is before the, the, <laughs> i laugh about this because spike lee movies i think terrence blanchard is like scoring every movie yeah and like it's in do the right thing it's done just right like underneath the dialogue you have this like nice jazz score in the later films it gets a little too like you know like crazy he blanchards the scene but just like what was astonishing now bringing the politics politics back into it what was astonishing to me is that all of the issues in the movie from racial tension to gentrification to police brutality to uh perceptions of of uh what are you know uh, being beyond blackness all these things they're still relevant right like you could take all of the people all of the black men and women black men and women who've been uh murdered in the last six months, you could take their names and just plug them into the, the, the scenes. Right. You know, um, like I do, I do, uh, I do a bit of everything, but one of the things I do, I do real estate. And I just, it was fascinating to me, the scene where, you know, the white dude and the bird and the bird. bird. He steps on bugging out shoe and bugging, I and I remember this like, don't step on my shoes. That Jordans, was like a big, the Jordans, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't have Jordans as a kid. I had ponies, but like, don't step on my ponies. <laughs> yeah, but also, <laughs> yeah, also, this is when Jordans were only a hundred dollars, man. Only, only, oh, that's only. a lot of nineteen eighty nine. That's a lot of money, which man. is insane. That there's so much more now. Oh, they're crazy. I don't even get into shoes, but like, he. They use the word gentrification in the movie, and I was like. Probably when I was 13, I didn't even know what that was, but right. I understood, like, oh, this white man doesn't necessarily, like, belong in this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, like, he is kind of like. He owns the building. He, though. Owns, he, he owns, owns that brownstone. He owns it. And he grew up in Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> he owns it. And it's just like, because I do real estate, and one of the areas I work in sometimes is Bed Stuy. Like, I drive around Bed Stuy, and it's like. It's still the gentrification is still happening. It's still going on. Like all of these people are moving in 
and other people that have been there for decades are being displaced, you know, um, obviously the police brutality is still going on. You know, I mean, the chokehold. Oh man. Wasn't that just outlawed? The the chokehold has been outlawed though. Yeah. I actually looked it up. The chokehold apparently at this time, well, when we was probably made was 1988. It was, it was in question about what to do about this chokehold. Right. And this is the same chokehold that killed Eric Gardner. Yeah. The same chokehold. Same chokehold. Same chokehold with the same. The thing that makes that scene, and not, not to jump on you, the thing that makes that scene so disgusting is that he gets hit in the chokehold, and then the one cop who realizes that he's dead starts kicking him to get him up. Mm-hmm. He yeah. starts. He the way to get him well, up. He's panicking. Yeah. But this and is the way. The way he panics. Get me in trouble. Yeah. He kicks him. Right. Yeah. Then they take his body, his dead body, which they all know is dead, and throw it in the backseat of a cop car. Yeah, right. You, you, They're trying to get out of there before they die. Yeah. And and you, it's it's now a homicide. It's a it's a murder scene. You've taken evidence. You've. I mean, it's just. <laughs> it's the same thing as this was 1988, 1989. This 2016, and the same exact same shit, shit yeah, is happening. Yeah. Same shit. And the only thing that's different now is now that we have more videotape and now everyone knows it's happening. Because before yeah. it was like the black secret. It was like it was like if you lived in the hood or if you're black, you knew what the shit was going on. Now the world knows and it's still happening. But let me just say this. My dude, the Rodney King video came out in 1992, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, it was 1992, yeah. I remember being in like fifth or sixth grade getting in trouble in my class because after the video came out we had like a de- I had a debate with my school teacher about it she was she was a white woman and her whole thing was like well we didn't see the whole tape we don't know what happened before and my argument I don't know guys we're in New York I think y'all they're coming for me man we're in New York hey, Shantae, <laughs> what, you, Shantae, what you do no, bro they they never got you from that after that argument I know right <laughs> you know how I know they're not coming for me because I wouldn't know they wouldn't announce themselves. <laughs> it would just be a flash of light and then darkness. Anyway. Oh, my goodness. No. <laughs> oh, your teacher. Wow. Your he teacher said, said we don't. We, we all didn't see the same it was all arguments defensive. and tropes. Yeah. Defensive. She's saying this to a class of uh, predominantly black and Latino students. And I just like I got in trouble. But I just was like telling her, like, no, you're wrong. I saw the video. There's nothing that that man could have done to warrant that type of abuse. And it was five, maybe six police officers with oh, yeah. nightsticks beating this guy. This is two, three years after this, after Do the Right Thing came out. Yeah. And this is the first time, really, that we've seen a black man be pulled over and beaten senseless. And it's still a question as to whether or not. It was right or wrong. I mean, we all know it was. That's so it crazy. Was obviously, right because nobody was indicted. Oh yeah, they all went away. Like, every, free. Everybody was chilling. So, yeah. uh, all right, we should continue initial thoughts. This James? is what the movie inspires. How you feel, bro? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I think Tane said it best. It's a beautiful movie, uh, and it made me so angry. Yeah, <laughs> like just the whole, like just as the movie is going on, uh, uh, it's like. It's like, I don't know, like the poetry of it's hot. Every The first thing everybody says is it's hot. It's it's hot. Just everybody. That's the first thing everybody Blood says. Boiled. Every every scene from, from one to the next, it's hot, it's hot, it's hot. Uh, uh, you know, and then we're just getting like this this portrait of these people. 
Um, the beautiful, like the colors are, 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 are awesome. Like the shot of when we first see uh, Robin Harris and Frankie Faison, they're like sitting out, you know, and, uh, with their, their, their light colors in front of the like bright red uh, uh, banner. It's just like it's, all that stuff is, is, is so, was so awesome. But this is my first time seeing it. I know we usually say when that's the case. This is, my, this is my first time seeing it. Yeah. So like I, I had seen like, uh, I had seen the scene where, uh, where no, I had seen the scene where, uh, uh, where uh, radio, radio Rahim, the scene, the aftermath. I've seen that. Right? Uh, seen, like they, all, pretty much. You've the seen only like the the, the the garbage can, the garbage can, the, and, gotcha. and the, so. Right. Uh, 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 but but everything else, it was I was experiencing for the first time. Wow. Um. Uh. It was amazing, amazing movie. And then just when when. The shit hits the fan and just and everything's happening. I'm just like I was just mad the whole time, just the whole time, just <laughs> angry, <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just like so many so many uh, questions. I wanted to throw something. I wanted to like, <laughs> uh, uh, and, and, and you know, and then the and and the the experience of the next day, just sort of being the next day, like that being a part of the movie. I think is a beautiful thing too, you know, because it's just like it's now happened and and we have to like go on with our lives in some way it's this i don't know i i i sorry i keep i keep touching that stop it (laughs) (laughs) stop Um, doing it uh uh but i just thought it was great another thing that i thought was crazy was um the guy in the uh so the white guy with the bird uh every bird his name name is grew um, up in brooklyn wearing a boston jersey actor's name is uh john savage uh uh, he has 215 uh, credits on IMDb. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, and I just want to just point out how insane that is. <laughs> like, just because of like what our podcast is about, like this this one random white guy in this movie. Uh, it's, uh, and I also recognize him. Uh, I do too. Uh, I watched the show Carnival uh, on HBO. Really? It's a, a fun show. Um, uh, and he uh, and I just thought it was. I mean, first of all, you recognize so many of the actors in in this. Oh, yeah, movie. absolutely. Uh, uh, everyone, everyone in it like does a killer job. But just I just want to focus on the fact that like this <laughs> random guy in this movie is like also like has gone on to work so much. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, this is a uh, yeah, this is an amazing film. Yeah, I think it is my favorite Spike Lee film. It's it's like a it's it's whew, like it does race in a way that is so moving. And I'm so interested to know how white people, Italian people, Korean people, I w- I want to know how other races kind of interact with this film because i know so for me personally just because i mean i'm i'm not to repeat everything like everything you guys said is right like the, the the camera shots the way that they talk to the camera at certain points you know like the the um like some of the overhead shots that uh, that are done and and uh the static shot like they're they're great like the directing is amazing it's and, and it makes sense why spike lee like blew up so much after this film i knew he he's already he already done some films up to this point but like this was like you know what i mean and people are like oh man spike lee um and he captures it in such a real way and letting the actors improvise and stuff like clear like clearly like he was a little bit loose with the dialogue at, at certain points and, and it really made for this like really nice like 
all of the actors were so capable, you know what I mean? And John Turturro, like John Turturro, like oh my God, is so great in this movie. And like, and um, but for me, I I I, no, I noticed especially this time how much like a lot of times like I was on like the Italian side or I was on yeah. like the Korean side and I was like yeah. I felt bad for people you know what I mean like there was a part of me that was like yeah bugging out like chill a little bit dude like like yeah I, I, you're making a good point but you're like doing it in a way that you know it, it, there were like a lot of like these things where I was just like I was conflicted and like you know uh, I I didn't I, w- I didn't know what was right or what was wrong and and then like but then the people who, whose side I was on would do something just as messed up and I'd be like <sighs> like nobody yeah. was like like nobody was doing the right thing which is kind of the point right like and 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 um anyway i just know i just was like man like this is such a great snapshot of america like what america is and like this you know wonderful and sometimes damning experiment of like bringing a bunch of different cultures together and and then and then on top of that all of the other systematic you know uh racial oppression that's happening and not just like especially with the black community but then also with other groups of you know foreigners and, and that come over here become american and adopt their way of life and that kind of thing because italians too like italians face racism like i'm a quarter italian and like you know it, it, spike lee even speaks to it at some point he was like you know what they say about black italians like mm-hmm. they're like people considered especially sicilians who are uh, sicilians were the ones who were really open up opening up pizza shops here in new york and and they were considered like just as low as black people, like just a step above. But like, you know, like there was like this white Anglo-Saxon, you know, viewpoint. And it looked down on uh, Irish people, looked down on Italians. You know, it looked down on Koreans. It looked down on black people, looked down on Hispanics. So like, and, and then so to have those groups that are being oppressed then come together and then like fight amongst themselves you know, it's just like, oh, my God, like, this is awful, yeah. you know? And there's so much emotion in this movie, too, that it was really, like, it was really hitting me, um, again, like, watching it. And, and like like everybody was saying about all of the, the relevant things that were happening. So, anyway, there's a lot to talk about. So, yeah, that's my – that's it's a great film. <laughs> yeah, man, for me, it was just like I was just pissed off, this whole movie. Like, this whole movie made me so mad. And like Bray just said, it, like, no one was the bad guy because sometimes, you know, I would see Gus – his name will always be Gus. Oh I would see Gus throughout the movie. And I mean, Gus, it is a great role. Like, Gus, Gus, yeah, man, like, Gus, I was like, man, Gus, just chill, bro. And I also felt bad for 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 Sal a little bit, you know? Yeah. Like, Sal legit even get, it's so <laughs> Until interesting. the end, yeah. No, which, mean... which, which is so interesting. They build him up to then show, because almost he was... Like this, this not a savior, but he was this immaculate man. Because he, he had a monologue about, like, two John, um, John, what's John's name in this movie? That's a terrorist name. Oh, it's oh. like a Pino. Yeah, Pino. Pino to his to his <laughs> most racist son. Pino. He even told Pino like why he's there, like why it was important, like why these people, the black people, aren't that bad. So to give this man that speech, maybe twenty minutes prior, and that just he was proud of like feeding proud. them. Like, he saw that. Yeah. He saw the older get older. He saw the young become adults. You know, they grew up on this food. He takes pride in that. And then later on. To have him say the N word with such hatred and such anger in his heart, even though he was provoked, he was provoked, which is so interesting to see like what will make a per. To me, it's like it was. To me, the conversation between Mookie and, and Sal at the end, where like Mookie comes back the day after everything goes down to get his money, and it starts off with this argument, right? And you think it's just like these people will, ne- you, these two men will never ever be friends, but as they talk, 
it kind of just subsides, and he's like, so where are you going to go? What are you going to do? And, like, this movie has a way of, like, taking angry moments and just humanizing them. Because, yeah, you may fight with people, but this is how the way it goes. Like, even when Mookie fights with his sister, they're screaming at each other, like, just going nuts. And then in that same conversation, they just laugh it off. And it happens twice, you know? And it's like, that's how it is. When you fight with your boys, it's like, yeah, I'm pissed at you right now. Hey, man, but you trying to go get a slice real quick. You know what I'm saying? That's just how the world is. (laughs) Like... It's yeah, like, I mean, yo, I mean, me, me, and John, me and John have fought, like, yo, me and John probably got into one of the biggest arguments of our life via text message. At an, I'm at an audition. I, I'm going to tell you something. We, I'm talking a huge fight. Huge, I don't think we've ever fought like that in our life. Yeah, huge fight via text bad. message over the podcast, as a matter of fact, about, like, guests. And all of a sudden, I'm at the audition. Uh, John's girlfriend shows up. I'm like, hey, what's up? And she's like, oh, I have clothes because John's on the way. I was like. The fuck he coming here for like listen, like sit in the audition room like what are you coming here for man and then he walks in and we both had like that that quiet like staring out real quick he sits down we end up auditioning together and booking and it, booking it. <laughs> and this all happens like it was yes. insane but like that but you know what i'm saying but that's how the world works like this was a huge argument we just had. You were MLK and Malcolm X in that moment. Oh, in the true. moment. That you know what I'm saying? In that moment. That's actually, that's literally that's how actually it was. A lot like how He it was, was like very like <laughs> calm about it. And I instantly got mad about whatever it was. And it was just in. But you know, this was this movie did a good thing of just showing like how humans interact with each other. And the thing is like this racial tension that's in this movie, it may not be as crazy thick with minorities. And I'm including like Sal and them in the minority, because like John said, like Italians are Consider minorities for a good portion of um, a lot of people. So it's like to see these people interact with each other, fight, but then kind of get over it, it's, it's such a beautiful thing because it just shows that, like, yeah, man, we all have different skin color, but we are, at the end of the day, are just humans. Just humans who I hate to say have one common enemy, but we all are trying to get to like you know we all are trying to get to a certain point, you know. The man, yeah, the I man, mean, the man. I mean, because because Saul said it, he was like, "Yo, I saw him die here. I have to live with that too." You know, he's like, it, "Everyone's in like yeah. everyone was in that situation," you know. Yeah. yeah. So okay, what's the best? Way? Let's go, let's just go through the film for you know, yeah. and then we can hit on each moment because there are a lot of things I definitely want to talk about. Yeah. You know, the beginning of the film is great. It starts off with like. You know, I mean, opening credits aren't a thing anymore, but I love, like, the opening credits with, like, the uh, oh, people yeah, well, dancing. Uh, like, Rosie was it Rosie Perez? Oh, my God. And, but, but that was a, such an interesting opening. Too. Yes. That's, yeah. It's, she, um, yeah. <laughs> the, the, well, she was, yeah. I yeah. Thought, this is when she Speak hit. on it. This is when she hit. This I think is she, like, no, I was going to say she was, like, the original fly girl. Yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah, she, yeah. Was, she yeah. was the original fly She's girl. She's the original. She was, like, the first fly girl. I mean, I'm just going to say, my 13-year-old self at that time sitting in the theater watching a beautiful woman dance it and punch it and, and fight the power. I, but it just, I, I can't even talk. It was powerful, <laughs> right? It was very powerful. It's a very powerful image. A woman of color fighting can and I dancing even, and sweating. Can I say also, something that I love about the structure of the movie is just how, uh, just how beautifully structured it is. Right before fight the power is... That lift every voice, lift every voice and sing, and it's like those two things uh, t- together like that is the same as like the two quotes that we see at the mm-hmm. end. You know what I mean? Right, like yeah. one into the net, and I just that like th- I think that that's also like an incredible right. part about it too. Um, and uh, we don't open up on Mookie though, right? It was it's no, somebody. No, it's Samuel Jackson. First. It's Samuel Jackson first, first. person to speak. Like the uh, chorus almost. Yeah. And then talking about how hot it is too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, 
And do and then we go to is it the mayor? Ozzy Davis. Yeah, the mayor. It's Ozzy hot. Davis. He wakes up. He's in bed. It's hot. It's, you know? My thing about Ozzy Davis though, uh, not to jump ahead, but it's like so we can uh, talk about his character. Like, my, you know what I mean? Yeah, like Saul, like the actor who plays Saul, um, Danny Arello, was nominated for best supporting actor, right? Yeah. Uh, Ozzy Davis in this movie, man, was such a his character was so layered and such a beautiful human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, I, it's just every time I say okay. I'm just saying. Every time I see one of these movies, right? <laughs> All right, it's the white dude who gets nominated. Like yeah. when I think, when I I think mean, he's the only one nominated. He was the only one nominated. That's messed up. I mean, when I, I think it's straight out of Compton, you're hundred percent correct. That's, can I can I interject one thing yeah. that might piss y'all off? At the time, do y'all know who won Best Picture in 1989? I don't. No idea. Driving Miss Daisy. Uh, oh wait, can, can you can you tell people what that movie was about real quick? Uh, Tell them what happens in that movie. It's basically about uh, a brother, a black man, Morgan, uh, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. It's about uh, Morgan Freeman. Who <laughs> drives around and older white woman. elderly, rich, white woman. And it's kind of set through the civil rights era. And he drives her around. He says, yes, Miss Daisy. No, Miss Daisy. Okay, Miss Daisy. Uh, Morgan Freeman. And uh, just hearing you describe that movie, just it was a play. It was oh, a play, yeah. which, which just came back out recently uh, yeah, on Broadway, yeah. maybe two yeah. years. Yeah, it's very sentimental. It's very like they fall in love, right? Or like, no, they don't fall in love. But there is an in living color sketch where that's kind of like made fun of. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, do, but it's considered like it's considered like like pro black, but in a, in this very like white centric way, right? It's through the eyes of the white woman, right? Yeah, it's like oh, I'm learning to accept accept black people, black people, because my driver is black and yeah. he takes me to the pickle. Yeah, he's, hu- he's humanizing. He's human too. And yeah. man, the pickle Wiggly is a very important establishment, bro. It's true. I mean, it's t- it's like that's the same. Th- it's like uh, it's very similar to like the the Uncle Tom like play, you know, uh-huh. where where. It was created by white abolitionists who were are, who are like fighting to abolish slavery, and at the same time, like portraying this image of a very like a black man who's very humble, very mm-hmm. very Jesus like, and like and and like and showing through the utter like this utmost kindness and love, yep. and like facing all this oppression and not fighting back, and then being like, "You are exemplary," you know what yep. I mean? Like, but it, like uh, it, so, yeah, it's like the help. Don't bring um, that movie. Yeah, I'm not. You can't. Not that movie. Not around. Oh, I, 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 I jump around. Anyway, yeah. Sorry. Not around. Not <laughs> yeah. right now. Um, <laughs> that, I have a strong hatred for that movie. <laughs> oh, I, I hey, it's a shit. Yeah, pie. the mayor. Uh, yeah, but the mayor was such a beautiful. Like, could they establish him? Like, you thought he was going to just be the drunk old man. So yeah, he like he like drinks. He's like day drinking. Yeah, he day mm-hmm. drinks. Like he comes around. Like literally, the first thing he does, he sweeps. He sweeps out Saul's uh, outside the uh, restaurant. Get some money. Gets money. Get some money. Goes. They don't have a Miller High Life. Nope. They don't have an MGD for him. And he's <laughs> cursing out the Koreans because of yeah. that. Piss. Piss. Angry. But then later on, you see this dude save a life. You know what I'm saying? You see him save, save this little, little boy. boy. The same yeah. kid who he had get more alcohol. For. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yep. Save he, exactly. he gave him 50 cents. He did give him 50 James. cents. <laughs> he gave him, he paid the man for his services. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, it's, yeah. And, and, and uh, some people are like uh, yelling at him. So, yeah, let's want to talk about that scene too. Like, I, that was a very interesting and hard scene where you have these four young kids, like, not kids, they're like uh, they're supposed to be young teenagers. adults, yeah, yeah. Like, teenagers, like, mm-hmm. you know, seniors in high school or something, like, uh, and, 
and they're just like, why are you called the mayor anyway? And blah, blah, blah. Oh, and he yeah. basically has this whole monologue where he's saying like, he's like, look, you don't know the pain that I've gone through. You don't know how hard it was for me. Like, uh, you don't, you don't know anything about like raising children, not having enough food on the table and like all this stuff. Like, so like, let me like, leave me alone. Like, let me drink. Like, let me let me solve the problems in my life how I know to solve them. And this guy, and like, he's like, you don't want your soliloquy? Oh, man. He's like, yeah, you're right. I ain't never going to know what it's like to not feed my children because I'm going to work and not freaking be a drunkard and like stay around all day. And like, and then just digs into him like, you know, like, and, and, and he's like, I have more respect for myself than that. Like, and you're just like, damn, like, like it's it's so hard it's so hard because like there is like you know and this speaks to a lot of like i don't we don't have these conversations that much anymore because like (laughs) you know (laughs) we are actually we are living in this pc culture where people are afraid to talk about stuff like Mm -hmm. but i remember having these conversations a lot about like uh Black people, and they and they have this later on in the movie with the the old, the old timers, like black people like doing things for themselves, like lifting themselves up. Yeah, and it's and it's and it's this thing of like, you know, how, how long can you wallow in in depression and self pity? You know what I mean? How long can you can you like just be like, oh, I'm just going to I'm going to inebriate myself to 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 like wash the you know hurt away? And at the same time, you're like, but how can you judge somebody? who like has gone through things that you don't know about and, and say, well, I wouldn't do that. It's like, but you haven't gone through it. Like, so you don't know what you would do. You know what I mean? Like, like even the young dude who was talking, it's like, like racism still exists in the er era that he was living, but not like it existed in the era that the mayor was living. Like not even close. Like, so like you can't like, how do you, you know what I mean? He lived through an era where both Martin Luther King and Malcolm X were assassinated. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where people had, were being lynched with literally lynched, yeah. Not, you know, and that's the thing I think people always forget. It's like this we're not talking about some we're not talking a hundred years ago. Ew. We're talking about what? Fifty fifty five minutes ago. <laughs> I know, I mean, no, but I'm but I'm talking about what people like in the streets though. There was there was a point in time, I'm afraid my family's from the south. There was a point in time where like on these dirt roads, people were lynched and dragged on streets. Yeah. This is this is in our in like our daylight. parents' lifetime. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so every time I hear people talk about, oh, get over stuff, get over stuff. And like even like what you're saying, bro, like this kid talking to um the mayor, like he understands what the mayor went through. And it's like, no, man, we have we haven't even touched on what our parents and grandparents had to see. Like us sitting in this podcast room right now is something I'm pretty sure my grandfather would never even imagine what happened because Nick, our producer Nick, is a white dude. Right. And my grandfather legit grew up in a place where like he was fearful of that kind of thing. Like fearful. Like segregation was a real thing. It was a real thing for him. Let me ask you a question though. Do you think those characters in that film, because they are representative of like, I guess at the time, youth. Mm -hmm. Right. Do you think that they even understood the historical events that that transpired? Do they like understand the civil rights era? Are they? Do they have that education? Somewhat, they have to some degree. To some degree, they must know about you know because I mean you had what's his name walking around with the pamphlets about Malcolm X and 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 Martin Luther King and like I I don't know how deeply they knew about that history, but they like I also I would also imagine their parents would like say that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I mean it's hard, man. Yeah, but then if they let's suppose that they do know. 
right? Yeah. Then I feel like that scene is like a rejection of some, or or like an indictment, well, like you but, guys failed. Well, it, you well, failed it, it, us. It, it, oh, I think wow. I think almost I think almost it is like that. I remember growing up and like this is probably very very small, but like. All right, so we all know it was a fight for black people to sit on the front of the bus. Very mm-hmm. simple, very simple. I grew up taking the bus in D.C., and all the black kids wanted to sit in the back of the bus. Back of the bus. And I remember one that's day. What, that's what, in that's children, when cool you're a child, yeah, yeah, you're a kid, you, the was, back of the bus so is no cool. Back of the bus. See what the fuck you yeah, doing? Back, back of the bus. And I remember one day, because um, I went to a Catholic school, this, this nun who was African-American sat us down. I was like, hey, man, did you know how hard it is? Do you know how hard it was for your grandparents to get you to the front of that bus? sit on the front of the bus and it was a thing of like yeah we knew i mean we knew like we had like i was in school and like you know the hustle, like we had black history month was a thing so right, we knew right. about it but when you had to sit and think that like this isn't a long time i think that's the hard part this isn't a long time ago man like your grandparents could not sit on the front of a bus it wasn't an option my i was raised by my grandparents and they when they were children they picked cotton my mother picked cotton yeah my mother's older. She picked cotton. Like, yeah. that's not a thing that's, like, it's insane. And they lived in, like, a very segregated farm town. Like, black people lived in this area. White people lived in this area. If you were black, you picked cotton, et cetera, et cetera. White people were the farmers. And it was very, like, you know, that's just the way of life. Right, and right. that was only, like, I don't know, my grandfather, he's, like, 75-ish. Yeah. Yeah, no. my mom's 70. It's yeah. like, that's how the things work. It's like, when you think about, yeah, like, to, to, to Bray bringing up the kids talking to the mayor like that, it's, you have no idea yeah. what he went through. None. And, yeah, yeah. And, and at the same time, I, like, I understood, like, him being, like, just be better. You know Everything what I mean? Yeah, I understand. The kid, the kid is true. The kid is right. And like, uh, drinking. Yeah, and mother and the mother sister has the same kind of thing. It's just like, no, you're all drunk. Like, like <laughs> yes. I don't want anything don't to know. do it's with like you. A, I just it, want a date. It does feel like a. It does feel like a rejection of of what he had to go through, but also, like I remember hearing, I remember hearing kids talk that way to adults growing up right like disrespect saying those exact things because it like also kind of feels like i guess to them like it it feels to them like they like yeah like you failed us like you like you are failing me you're not giving me a thing to aspire to you're you're like this totally thing that i'm looking at that's like uh an embarrassment or or what have you and i think that the the movie i feel like the movie does a great job of like of having all sides of the come of the conversation at, at any moment like like uh uh you know uh radio not radio writing but bugging first right is like feels the way that he feels but then mookie is just like we ain't got time like yeah. you know we don't have time for this right now also like, like i'm like i'm working i'm at here. work like, yeah, like what gotta, are you trying I to do, like, like, do my i gotta do my job but it's ultimately you know it's that it's that anger that leads to everything but that is connected yeah. to all yeah. the little seeds uh yeah oh sorry Go ahead. i no, i just i feel like everything spike did in that movie had a purpose and like if you watch all of his films you know that like alcohol has like is always a character in the films you know um and what i've noticed is like there's a lot of drinking going on there's a lot of brothers kind of like not working mookie's the only one really working he's the only one job. Job. him and sam jackson him and sam jackson right and it's just interesting it's 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 like you know, 
I, I just thought of this, but maybe the mayor is also, maybe they're having that reaction to him because it's like, I don't want to end up like you. You've been in this neighborhood for X amount of years. You're a mirror to, you're, you're like a, a I, I don't want you to be my future. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Hollywood is shut down. All production has stopped and funding for new projects is tough to come by. There has never been a better time to talk through the entertainment industry's issues and try to reimagine Hollywood. And that's what Hollywood the Sequel, a new podcast from LAS Studios, will be doing. Listen as journalist John Horn talks to some of the most important and up-and-coming actors, producers, and directors about what we can expect the future of Hollywood to look like. And more importantly, how it should look. Will there be greater representation for women, for people of color? Will there be a return to the small and intimate movie? Will there be a permanent shift towards streaming and away from movie theaters? Are YouTube, TikTok, and podcasts reshaping the media landscape once and for all? Can movie theaters rebound from shutdown with streaming and social distances as a norm? As Hollywood the sequels ask these questions and more, this limited-run series will spark an ongoing conversation about how to use the current crisis as an opportunity to fix the entertainment industry's fault lines. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive Hollywood the sequel trailer. Available June 23rd. Download Hollywood the sequel for free at laist.com slash Hollywood the sequel or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's L-A-I-S-T dot com slash Hollywood the sequel. Hey there, Forever Dog listeners. This is Rhea Butcher, a host of Three Swings, a podcast about baseball and other things available right here on this very network. For as long as I can remember, I have had a love-hate relationship with the game of baseball. More love than hate, but you know, it's a sport that brings me so much joy and it's impossible to imagine my life without it. I have countless memories of watching the sport, playing the sport, swearing at the sport, watching the sport some more. But like everything else in America, being a fan of baseball is not that simple. There's also a lot that I dislike about baseball. The persistence of racist mascots, the fact that violent domestic abusers continue to thrive in the major leagues, the wall streeting of professional baseball, the list goes on and on. So I wanted to make a podcast where I could talk freely about both of these things what makes baseball great, and what makes it terrible. And in doing so, I usually find myself talking about more than just baseball. Race, gender, capitalism, mental health, stories from my life, stories from the road. And that's what Three Swings is all about. It's a baseball podcast about life. It's a life podcast about baseball. It's got something for diehard baseball fans, for new fans, and even for those of you who know absolutely nothing about the game, but are hearing this ad and saying, hey, that sounds interesting. It's for you too, my friend. We've got a bunch of back catalog episodes for you to browse through, and new episodes come out every Friday right here on the Forever Dog Podcast Network. You can also listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to also follow us on at 3 Pod on Twitter and Instagram for all the latest updates. Totally. Yeah, even like the... Uh, the, the uh, even like uh, Robin Harris and Frankie Faison and uh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, oh, the, yeah. the actors. That, well, the, but those, but those three guys. <gasps> yeah, let's talk about them. Let's talk about Even they're like, even they're like, when are we going to get? I can't wait until we get our own business. Yeah, I want to talk uh, about this conversation. Like, they, yeah, they have. So basically, so basically, they're they're the, the three three old timers are just sitting, you know, on their lawn chairs, like in the middle of the street, just kind of watching the neighborhood. And they're sitting across from the Korean shop, and like they start, they strike up this conversation where they're like, "Man, 
first of all, they're like mad at the Koreans <laughs> for moving into their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But then they're also, but then like, wait, I don't. What's the actor's name? Uh, wait, wait. Oh, which... they're the one who's like who comments on like I don't know how they. He's like, look, either he's like either those Koreans are like really really smart or we're really really stupid. Like, how were they yeah. able, like, where do they move, when did they move in here? A year ago, two years ago? And now they got their own business, and it's a good business. And, like, they have, and, like, they don't need, they barely speak English, and, like, they have, like, store, a store-owned property. And it's like, where is, there are no black-owned, you know, businesses in this neighborhood, and it's a black community, you know? And so, yeah, he kind of talks about, like, what you know, what is that? Why is that happening? And like one dude's like, oh, it's just, it's, you know, it's racism. It's like, it, it's racist because we're black. And he's like, but I don't, he's, he almost is like, I don't want to even, I don't want to accept that. Like, yeah. how long can we make that excuse? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, I mean, I just want, but you got, okay. Yeah. You got to think though that like racism is a part of it in the sense that like, who's giving out money? Banks. Banks are redlining. Right. They're not giving out, you know, business loans. You know, it's really hard. Exactly. Like, yeah, I mean, that's true. No, it's true. It, yeah. <laughs> I mean, because that's one thing now, I think, which is happening because now that gentrification is really taking uh, a heavy swing on various parts of America. It's so funny because now they're saying, like, um, because of people trying to hold on to African-Americans, trying to hold on to certain areas, like, now people now, it's, it's more of a push to have black-owned beauty shops and, like, uh certain areas there's more of a push now to own like the bodegas and and corner stores because i mean i grew up in like every business that wasn't you know a big you know mcdonald's or something was either korean owned or it was korean i mean the beauty shops were korean owned Mm -hmm. like the carry oh yeah get your nails done by even shops that's what i'm saying the supply stores yeah were korean owned it's so interesting too like i grew up i did grow up uh, in New York, partly, and and all the bodega. I mean, we call it a bodega because they're Hispanic-owned yeah. businesses. But now, and I, I live in Harlem now. Now it's so interesting. I don't know when this shift happened, but there's a lot of Middle Eastern like owned corner stores and that's stuff like that. Are. That's and like are. and like that has become like all of a sudden like somehow that community got in and and like there was a Spanish owned like bodega uh-huh. and it got and I don't know what happened to it but literally it's gone like either a fire happened or something they didn't have insurance and it's gone and now both of the corner store corner stores that are on my block are owned like they're they're Middle Eastern owned and the same thing that happens in this movie where people are coming in like you don't know English and blah 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 I see it literally all the time like yeah. they come in and they're like baba and like sometimes they'll speak in arabic to each other and they're like man talking english like what you man and like like black people <laughs> will go off on them in this way and like antagonize them and like be like how much is this and they're like they're like five dollars i'm like five dollars like man man four dollars and he's like five dollars and like they'll haggle and like yeah. i'm like these people face so much crap yeah and at the oh, same they time they day. like they throw it right back and then like and you know that's where those that racist stuff happens, where they're just like, man, these black people. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm just like, oh, because they're trying to, in their mind, they're trying to just <laughs> run a business. It's so crazy, yeah. man. It's still happening. The same exact thing. But you know, you also like when that black person walks in, you don't know what they've gone through prior exactly. to that exchange. 
You know what I'm saying? They're probably like going through hell and shit. And yeah, but at the like, same, and the same time, you don't know what these people know. who have gone through, like, right. where are they coming from? Are they, maybe they're refugees from, you know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I'm dead serious. They, like, like, he just arrived from Syria and he's like trying to sell a donut. <laughs> yeah. And the dude's like, yo, fuck your donut. Give it to me for 25 cents, man. Yeah. And it's like, and it's, think about how often, think about how often, how many times a day they get those arguments. Yeah. It's like, yeah. these people probably or get. Or people stealing from them, which happens. I was yeah. like in a store where literally I was getting a sandwich and this kid like came in and like they were like you stole something and he was like man it's still nothing and like they were having this whole argument he was like Ugh. and he locked the doors they called the police oh and God. i'm literally like just waiting for my sandwich <laughs> oh <laughs> and it comes like i pay for it and they and then the kid like takes it out like he did steal something like takes it out like gives it back he's like man just let me out man like let me go yeah <laughs> dude but it's a crazy like there was he's like i'm letting you go and i was just like what where the these, flip where the kids like i came home late one time like at like James, I don't remember. Like we have like this this restaurant on the corner. It's like a carry out restaurant. I'm sitting there and they have a tip jar, and in the tip jar, which is insane, they have a fake hundred dollar bill. Like I don't know why the people have the hundred dollar bill in there, but they had money and they had a hundred dollar bill. So I'm waiting at the register for my food. This young um, black kid comes in, looks in, sees the hundred dollar bill, looks at me, and it was another guy to the left of me. Looks at both of us, smiles, winks, takes all the money no. and strolls out. Mind you, again, the we didn't know the hundred bill was fake either. Yeah, but like the guy comes out, he just steal our tips. He's like, yeah, yeah. The guy runs out, the kid takes off, comes back in, it was fake anyway. And we're like, wait, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, we just like it to make it seem like we like we feel like if you see a lot of money, you want a tip. You'll be like, inspired to get yeah, you inspired to get money. And I'm like, dude, the mere fact that this kid is the other guy was black too. This black kid saw us, was like, yo, y'all get this is cool, right? <laughs> Took the money, and then literally the other guy who happened to be a, a cop. <laughs> I was like, in my mind, like, this night could have ended so bad. <laughs> he was looking at y'all like, y'all niggas ain't going to snitch. Wait, but, the, yeah. oh, Wait, but did you guys ultimately say anything? Well, the thing is, the guy, no, no, the guy next to me, um, it's funny, as a New Yorker, man, it's like, you see stuff, and I just, like, ignore so much so the kid is next to me i didn't realize he took the money and walked out until the guy's like did he steal our money and we're like oh shit yeah uh, he did yeah. and like he like the kid is gone <laughs> i mean he didn't even he didn't even run to be honest at first we see him because the, the restaurant's on the corner we see him waiting for the light to change to walk across the street <laughs> like you know what I'm saying like the kid didn't even like <laughs> run away until the guy came out running after him that he decided to take off but he was waiting for the walk light yeah, wow. this kid just stole well, money. Not breaking was... all laws. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, man. Uh, okay, so then, um, who else we got? Can we talk about Mookie? So yeah, let's talk Mookie. about Mookie. Like, he's kind of our main character okay, in a so way. I love this. When we introduce Mookie, he goes to his sister, and she says, "You always bother me while I'm sleeping," which I think is a very powerful line. <laughs> Then he's like, "Wake up," which I think is also very. Powerful. <laughs> this is how the movie keep, starts. That's what they keep saying. Yeah. Keep saying starts wake with, up. You wake always up. bother me while I'm sleeping. And then he says, "Wake up." But then she also tells him in the same conversation to not get fired because he can't keep a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah which is also a powerful, important life. Yes. <laughs> you were saying, like we were saying, like he was one of the only characters who's like working, but he's also being constantly crapped on for not making enough money. Yeah, not having enough money for rent. Not. Ne- not never for his kid. For his kid, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just so interesting. And, and, and not working hard enough. Yeah, he doesn't work hard enough. 
does not work hard. Which, enough. like, he, I mean, he doesn't. Does he work at all? I mean, does he even really I work? I mean, he works. He definitely is delivering pizzas, but we see him, like, constantly stop, have conversations, yep. be, like, very, like, but, lackadaisical. He, he took a so shower. About it. When he gets to, when he finally gets to, um, to Tina, he's like, she's like, is the pizza cold? It's like, I never delivered a cold pizza in my life. It's like, the way you stroll to every place you go to. <laughs> you don't have no bike, bro. You ain't got no bike. You're not, You're not trying to get those pizzas anywhere on time. Bro, he literally, while, while delivering pizzas, took a shower at one point and had sex at one point. Yeah, he did. Like, straight up, like, and the thing is, man, this is the, this is, the exceptional Negro. This is the Negro with the job. This is the one who cares about his kid. Well, so yeah, in this, in this, in, I mean, no, I'm saying, but in this world, like in this saying, world, he's the he's the good he's the black dude who's like one foot in with Sal, who's still cool with the neighborhood, who's like, hey man, how do you feel about this? And he's like, man, I don't have time. Like everyone almost justifies certain things with him. Like right. Sal mm-hmm. trying to talk to his sister is justifying through like Mookie, like yeah, bugging out. It's like, you know, Sam yeah. Jackson calls him out every time you see him. Hey, man, we see you walking home. Get home safe. Get to your kid. Like, he is the black dude we have to root for. You know Everyone what I'm likes him. He is the yeah. one. He's the, he is the, the, the alpha Negro in this book. Alpha Negro. You know? There's even, there's even the <laughs> part the where Sal, like, like, looks to him and he just whispers, you're fucking up. <laughs> like, yeah. But he's like, he, he doesn't, like... Discipline him in any way. He just <laughs> whispers quietly, yeah. you're fucking up, and lets him get away with everything. Yeah. Uh, How do we feel about uh, Spike Lee playing Mookie? Wow. Uh, I mean, uh, see, man, I, I honestly, it, I think it's fine. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's a, I, don't, I don't think he really detract. He, I don't feel like he detracts from the film in any way. I'm glad he stopped acting in his movies, but like. No. Wait. Spike? He is in every one of his movies. Is he no, really? He's not an inside man in those or like He stopped after It's like Malcolm X, right? Well, he's not like the main character. He put like I may be wrong, but there's a string of like six or seven movies where he's in every one and it became a thing where people were like, "Dude, you got to stop." Right. Well, I remember I remember him I remember the, he was the in movie. A bit of blues. Did he have to stop though? What is my thing? He took like nah. Lee Rose and the thing is he stopped and then also Quentin Tarantino used to do it and Quentin Tarantino Still does it every now and then when he does like a line or two. Oh, Quentin Tarantino is always yeah, he makes like, a cameo. He does yeah. it, but I but remember he, was he stopped. Part. What was it? What was the one with Denzel? He got game. He wasn't in. He got game. I feel he like he got Malcolm game. X, was he? Or he was. He was oh, Malcolm's best friend. He was Malcolm Little's best friend. That's right. Yeah. He almost ruined that movie. He did. Like he should. Like he should not have been. He was terrible. And the only reason I bring that up is because um, we talk about uh, uh, the actor who played um, Sal getting an Oscar nomination, and then. Uh, how Ozzy Davis, you know, I to me Ozzy Davis's role deserves some type of uh, acclaim, and to me it's like at, like following Mookie again. Mookie is the guy we see everything through. Juan Carlos, the John Carlos. Yeah, I feel yeah. like you know Juan Carlos was great, but I felt like there were certain moments that might have been more impactful, like just transitional things, like when Mookie goes and maybe it was writing, I don't know. When Mookie goes towards the end, when Mookie is standing next to. Um, Sal and them when the black people are there and uh, mm-hmm. Radio Rahim has just been killed. Yeah. Right? So Mookie is there, he's standing there and then now Mookie is like on the black people's side, right? And at this point, to be truthfully honest, like this is before Sal says the N-word. So at this point everyone has been harassing Sal. Everybody. Like his buddy, like Bugging out has been messing with Sal. He says the N word in the in the he shop. He said before, he said in the shop. Okay, he said it in the shop when the, when the whole thing, when Radio Rahim is 
Gotcha. Before he beats the radio. Gotcha. Because I guess in my head, it was a couple transition moments where I was trying to figure out why Mookie was switched. Like, why Mookie at that point switched away from Sal. And we understand the black person was killed. And Sal did say the N-word. But again, they came into the store. So it it just felt like I was wondering if... If we things would have been stronger, right. it would have been a better actor playing Mookie I, than Spike. I r- r- think that's a good point. Like, I, um, uh, because we don't see his transition. Like, we don't see him uh, have the realization of, like, I'm going to do this. But what I did like about Spike Lee playing this part is he sort of feels like uh, an, an observer almost. Like, right. like someone who is is taking in all of these things and is sort of like the the uh, the eye through which we're looking at all this stuff and he's also yeah. the director which is like this weird like meta kind of thing that's also happening in it um uh so i i mean i i liked his portrayal and and that this. was the most unsexiest sex scene i've ever seen <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like that was like okay all right that's true <laughs> that sex scene I, I was mean, like yeah. that's I was like bro man nobody felt anything in that like <laughs> I man I watched that I was like ooh is this real <laughs> but yeah I just wanted to ask how we felt about God Spike for the elbows like, right I mean like, for the knee. like some of that stuff was thank so God for the left breast <laughs> thank God for the thank right breast right. I was 13 <laughs> yo that was <laughs> You were like, Tank, pause, going back pause. To I, like, I got to go to like, I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta remember this. Um, uh, I love yeah. that style. Uh, bugging out, though. Yeah, let's talk about bugging out. Bugging out is like the catalyst for like almost everything that happens. Like literally the, the, the ending of the movie happens because he notices all the white people on the wall. Which to an extent, I mean, he's in an Italian restaurant. You know, like, I mean, he he's like he's point, in an Italian. Though. I mean, He has a point. But my he thing has is, a point. I, and okay. at the same time. Sal also has a point. <laughs> yeah, because I think... Go ahead. Go no, ahead. you go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think I think uh, Spike Lee's sister, she plays a character. Yeah. In yeah. The story. I think her line of like, I think there's more productive ways that you could go about this. Yes, yeah. I Can agree. you find a more productive way to use your energy? I think that was like... Like, you're very... Yeah, exactly. You're very smart. Like You're very smart. The thing is... So, the other thing about it, too, is like... There is like this, like especially in especially in like black neighborhoods and and I'm sure everywhere. Like I know, like in New York City, like there and we see it throughout the film. Like there's a very antagonistic vibe that like New Yorkers have. So like they're all like as you see throughout the film, like everyone's always yelling at each other. And it's not just the black people actually. Like the attack, like the Sal and his brothers, like they're they're always like they're always like ready to fight. Like everybody's always ready to fight someone and like. And and it's it's so much that like people like if if Juan Carlo didn't come into that place and like immediately be like demand cheese and Sal being like it's two dollars for for extra cheese and he's like two dollars man two man you what and, and then like and then taking the cheese and you know pouring as much parmesan as he could on it and Sal <laughs> kind of like grabs it and takes it away and he's like you cheap and it's like it's not cheap he's running a business dude like. Freaking, you can't just have free cheese. Yeah, like, like Radio Rahim coming in with the boomboxes. Like, bruh, you can't yeah, play that. Like, yeah, like, your boombox like all I, it's like, yeah, you, we get yeah. it. You're Radio Rahim, and like, also be respectful to other people. Like, uh, uh, but so because he's so antagonistic, when he makes a point about, which is a great point, like, hey, do you realize like you're in a predominantly black neighborhood? All of your, most of your customers are black. It probably would be nice to put like, and when you have a thing that says like Hall of Fame and like, like to put some black 
people up on the wall. Like that would be a nice thing. But like because he's doing because he was so antagonistic here, when he does this, it also feels antagonistic and sounds like F you, I can run my shop however I want. If you don't like it, get out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like instead of being like, hey, like like I wonder if like if uh, he would have just had an honest conversation yeah, like, about if it. Mookie's sister, if Mookie's sister came in and had pizza and was like, 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 I love like this wall. You know, it would feel so special for me if you like if you put like Rosa Parks up here. And yeah. I, how much do you want to bet Sal would be like, okay, like you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. I know. Sal would definitely say okay. Actually, I don't know. Actually, don't like. Nice like but I just think about her. that a lot. Yeah. Like, I think about like how. Just that antagonistic vibe that's just there and present, like, ex- like heightens things to this point where like things do get out of hand yeah. qu- more quickly because people aren't compassionate with each other. Is it funny because um, Time and nobody out, is? Like, yeah, Time Out Magazine had this thing. Was it not? It was a few weeks ago. I guess about time, maybe a month ago. By the time this episode comes out, and it was about like New Yorkers and are New Yorkers assholes? It, it, no, it was it was it was a, it was a poll, and it poll. Um, uh, native-born New Yorkers and people who have moved here. And was it 70% of people who have moved here said they more, they felt more aggressive after being here for like three years. Yeah. It's like New York has made you like 100% more aggressive. There's too many people My here. Dude. It's too many people. It's so much going on. <laughs> it's tourists. Honestly, it's like, there's just too many, too many people here. Dude. And, <laughs> and the thing is, what, what someone was saying when someone wrote the article is like, you know, if you are a very like passive, like, not saying super like if you're a very quiet passive person in new york you almost are brushed aside because mm-hmm. the thing is like to be to be established that like to have a presence you have to own space yep. apparently in new york because space is so hard to get you have to own your space and if you're a person who's kind of meek it's like yo get like literally think about the people who are like on the train people on the train and they're walking slow oh, even though they're strolling you're like yo get out the way i got some even if you're not in the rush mm-hmm. you just don't want to be behind I've totally been that rude person who's like Who's literally almost like bump like I, I've I've almost run people over trying to get around them because they are slow and I and like and, and anytime I do that and and the person is clearly like a tourist or something and they're like huh. I'm like ah shoot not even but also I need to get to where I'm going <laughs> yeah and it's like you may not even and one of the thing that the article touched on and it, I only bring it up because of what you said Bray, about like how everyone's so like so aggressive in this thing the article was saying how like you could not even be in a rush. Like it says, you don't have to be in a rush. And the moment you see someone moving slower than you, you feel like you have to get past oh, that yeah. person. Oh, yeah, Like it, it, like it just you're you're strolling, but the moment yeah. someone is having oh, I think about it all like, the time. It's almost, they might be nowhere we're going. Yeah, Tom's I'm going square. home. Yeah, but like you just don't want to be behind <laughs> that person because you know what? Maybe they are also having to, like they may also be relaxing, but they might be relaxing too hard. You know what I'm saying? It's like you're just doing a little bit too much chill. Oh my god, get the hell out of my way. I I got to speaking of aggression, I got into like a like a classic New York style screaming fest. Last oh, wow. week. Really? Yeah, I was with my girl and we were driving. I drive. And uh, it was a green light. And this dude, this like hipstery dude on a bike, like a city bike, Ugh. he had his head <laughs> <laughs> He had his headphones on. I already he, had hate his, him. he had a beard. He had his uh, headphones Nick? No, on. I, just <laughs> no, I like Nick. Nick is cool. No, of course Nick I is wouldn't cool. yell at Nick. Unless he was on a city bike. <laughs> 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 uh, Nick owns his own bike. Hey. This fool rode his bike into the middle of the intersection on a green light where right. I had the right of way. And I stopped and I honked my horn at him. And he turned around and like, was like, fuck you. 
And I was like, I looked at him, I was like, man, fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> and I go around and my girlfriend, she's, you know, she's sweet. She's like, baby, maybe you shouldn't talk. And I'm like, don't tell me how to talk. <laughs> <laughs> and we go park and this. Well, this, you parked? We parked. And because we had, you know, stuff to do to get out the car. And then he showed up. He like followed me and he was like, you little dick motherfucker. And she got out the car before me and she was like, you a fucking asshole. He almost killed you. And I got out the car and I was like, I was like, you dumb piece of shit. I almost killed you. You're on your headphones. You're not looking. You're you're in the middle of the intersection. It's a green light. You could have died. I saved your freaking life. And he was like, well, you told me to fuck myself. And I was like, I told you to fuck yourself because you told me to fuck myself. He was like, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the other guy over at the, the, the I guess, some other guy. And I was just like, you're a fucking moron. What's your problem? Like, but we're <laughs> screaming. There's a white woman. I wasn't talking. I didn't say F you. I was saying F you. Yo, what? This white woman took her baby out the car, like took it into the house. It was like crazy. It was. Yo. Yeah, man. Oh, it was, my goodness. Man, I could talk about so many screaming. I, I mean, I, mean I, don't, I don't curse either, but like, yeah. oh, oh, my goodness. God. This person almost hit me with their car. I had the right of the way. Oof. And. And I was like, stop, stop. And they stopped and they were like, F you, Baba. And I was like, I was like, you almost hit, you almost killed me. And they're like, well, maybe you took your headphones out. I was like, nigga, I'm the one who stopped you. <laughs> <laughs> My headphones have nothing to do with it. You were not paying attention. <laughs> I anyway. am literally stopping you from killing me. Oh, they're, and it's just, it's too hot and they're too many. Oh my God, yes. And so this, the movie. this movie, I'm like, yep, like everybody yelling at each other like, uh-huh. Okay, uh-huh. so let's talk about Radio Raheem, which which should kind of get, get us to the end. Yeah. Love him. What was, so. okay, what was the, and I don't mean this in disrespect, but what was the, Aside from what happens to Radio Rahim at the end, what was the point of Radio Rahim? Like, was what was he doing all day? Like, like no, was like was he supposed to represent? Because I understood, like, this thing, I understood that he was like a black man who was like, he didn't speak, or maybe was he supposed to be? Were we supposed to be fearful of him? Because people like, like when they were like when the kids were like uh, playing with the fire hose, they definitely stopped the water so it didn't hit Radio right, Rahim. Right, because it would have ruined his. Yeah, radio. it would have ru- ruined it. So like what? I guess my thing is like, even though they ruined somebody else's car, oh, we yeah. didn't talk about that. That scene was oh, very infuriating for me too. That scene was crazy. Because I was like, why did y'all mess up this dude's car? Like, you didn't need to do that. And then, but of course, this guy gets so racist, and then you're like, man, maybe he deserves. That. Like, yeah. the, and the question is like, does he do this all the time? But the them? cops also yeah. don't give a crap. The cops didn't care at all. You know what I mean? Like, I forgot about that. The cops are surprised. just like, the cops are just like, no. Nah, and but the, because these these police officers, they don't. They're like, look, there is only a certain level of, of caring that we can do in a na- in this neighborhood. Like, we're yeah. not going to follow up on every little thing. Like, and they and almost, they were, oh, you go ahead. Well, they were kind of like, you know, Why you, you better get out. You yeah. better get out of they, here before yeah. they yeah. do and something like, else to your car. Yeah. And I think the people that this, the thing about it that was so the craziest thing about it was, I think the people that sprayed him didn't run. They were still there. Well, they did at first, but he came back. The one sprayed yeah, they, him came right back. They were still there, so it was like. Uh, you know, I think when the, think when the can, police came, they ran. No, one of the one who sprayed them, they they, they ran. But oh, it might have been. It, it was Martin been Lawrence. Wasn't one of them? Yeah, still might, there. It might have the been a bad edit. Yeah, it might have been a bad. I think it might have been an accident because the know. one who's the one who sprayed them definitely runs. 
But when the cops come back, he is definitely behind the cops. Yeah, yeah, he's there. So I don't know if that's on purpose or whether it was an accident. Uh, but they do, they do well, that's run, what I mean, though. It they feels do run. Like, they do run. Right. They're shot at him He is. He's just like, he's like, you know, Joe and Joe and Mo Blatt. You know, like, yeah. like well, because like, they do ask can, him a dumb question. They're like, what are their names? He's like, what are their names? I don't know. Mo and Joe. And they're like, okay, did you catch their last name? <laughs> but he also just he's can't like, even. I'm being sarcastic. Mo and Joe Black. There's like this weird thing where you can't point out. Who because we all looking like man? We, you know, the amount of times I get called James the Third is insane. All right, yeah, <laughs> but they ruin his straight uh, car up. Oh, but, but I mean, I, so so, but so, what I like about Radio Rahim, right? Because Tane kind of already brought it up. Like he's he's playing fight the power the whole time, mm-hmm. right? Which is kind of like uh, uh, he's the he's the voice, you know, uh, and then and then and then. Uh, Sal calls the music African drums, and I've talked about this on jungle the podcast music. before. But like jungle music, calls it, calls it jungle music. Uh, uh, there's there's this line in uh, there's this line in the Cully Museum where they like they're trying to take away our drums, and 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 I think it was house party. I was like, and I realized that the drums are, is our music, and then and then in this movie, that's what the, it is. It is that right? It's the voice. The voice gets silenced. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then everyone, everyone, ex- everyone explodes and, er- and erupts. But then and so and then there's this unclear like, who are we? What are we fighting? Who are we fighting? Right. And then fight the power plays again, and we see all the white faces. And there's this weird like, the power is not. It's not Sal. Right. It's not the pizza shop. It's this sort of like, overarching, white majority. That has like pushed out, you know, you know, uh, and so it feels like it feels like Radio Rahim. His purpose is like he's that voice. He's that. Yeah. He's those drums. He's that. You know, uh, because his his main focal point is like love and hate, and like this is you know what I mean. But like that's, that's his yeah. biggest. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, I was just wondering because like every time I saw him, I just didn't know how I should feel about him. That was my like. I just didn't know because yeah, he had the love, the hate, and he appeared, and everyone. But you, you that's I don't know. Everyone respects it. We don't know, but think, we don't know him. We don't right? know him. I I think like we 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 are we're known to respect him, and also know like he's a big guy and like can fight if he if he needed to, and but his thing is like, look, I play my music. And I don't bother anybody except for the music. <laughs> but like, the thing is yeah, like, except for literally, the thing is like, like not listening to you when you tell me to turn this music. Yeah, but on. like his thing is like, look, I like to, I like to walk around and play my music loud. And if you can be okay with that, then everything will be cool. But if not, then we have a problem. And like, and it's like forcing people to accept that, like this thing that they don't want to accept. It's so interesting. Like really, really quick. Like when I when we moved when I moved into Harlem. <clears throat> with uh two of my friends uh uh we our next door neighbor is a dude named cowboy his name is cowboy his name is cowboy like he literally <laughs> introduced himself and he was like he was like what's up my name is cowboy and we were like cool <laughs> and he was like y'all moving in and we were like yeah and he was like good he was like just so you know i play my music loud and we were like okay and he was like if you cool with that then we cool and i was really? like we were like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And he, and like, so I didn't have to, I don't really have to deal with it, but like, uh, one of, one of us, one of the, my roommates, like his room is kind of neck, like really like up against Cowboy's apartment. 
and he plays his music and he plays the same song over and over and over again. Oh. Now, now he'll change it up like whatever, like a couple of days or, but like he'll pick one song and he'll just play it throughout the day over and over and over and over again. And like, there were times where, where, where my roommate was like, oh, this is annoying. But we also like, we're like, well, we can't do, you know what I mean? It's like one of those we things like, anything. this is him. We're just going to accept that. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like, and because if we don't, then we have a problem. And that's the, and that was Randy Rahim's whole thing. At the same time, you're like, how? You're causing a disturbance, dude. You're causing a disturbance. So like, when is it okay for people, you know, and it wasn't just Sal, right? We have the old also dudes scene, like him. The old dudes didn't like, the, we have that scene also where like, there's an unknown person, unseen person yelling like, I'm trying to sleep, like, shut up. And they're like, F yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> there's also that cool scene where, it's like whose music is louder like uh, yeah him uh, and him and Latina on the corner uh, the, and like the back and forth yeah you crazy. got it man anyway so it's we really get to the man. end where where basically you know bugging out kind of works Radio Rahim up um, and um, who, what's the uh, the stuttering guy um, Smiley Smiley Malcolm do you know that that he wasn't originally in that script Oh really? Yeah, he bugged Spike Lee to put him in the movie. Robert, uh, the actor. You know, Robert Griffin. You know how he stutter, does he? That's no. how. Who yeah. else? Yeah. He's a brilliant actor. Who um, else got put on like that? They they ran up on Spike Lee on the street. Was it um, Makai Pfeiffer or was it? Um, it could have been. It was either Makai Pfeiffer or or Anthony Mackie. I'm not sure, but they've done a number of like solo shows together. I think he has a show, solo show out now about Rodney King. Oh, oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we get to, we get, they, they come in, they kind of barge into Sal's place while they're like closing up. They actually had just let a bunch of the kid, those young adults like kind of in, in, even though they were supposed to be closed. And Sal was like, just let them in. And like, I'm going to give them like one more slice of pizza. And then they kind of burst in, they're blasting the music. And Sal's like, I told you to turn that music off. They're yelling at, they're just yelling back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then Sal then it's like you nigga, and like take, and then like takes his bat Bad. and just breaks Radio Raheem's radio, uh, just destroys it, and like now the the young kids were I think first on Sal's side, and they now were. and they were like, oh, we niggas now. Like once he said that, they lost him, yep. and you kind of lose a little bit of the audience too, and and there's a stare down that happens, and then Radio Raheem just grabs Sal and starts choking him out. Now he looked like he was going to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. So Sal his son, So his sons were on top of him too. You know, they're all trying to fight, but the kids are into it, so there's they're kind of outnumbered. You know, Mookie's like oh like just kind yeah, of watching yeah. the whole thing. They it it gets taken out on the street. They're he, like Radio Raheem's killing Sal. The police show up and then and then like grab Radio Raheem and choke him out. And then there's, like, one cop who's like, okay, stop. That's enough. That's enough. And then you see the shot, which I didn't notice before. Oh, you see the dangling? shot of his feet just hanging. Yeah, hanging. Right. And he's a big – and the thing is, look, he the, here's the thing. He is resisting the entire time. Yes. There's yeah. not one point where yes. he's not yeah. resisting. He, he was trying to kill somebody, <sighs> and he's, like, fighting – and he's, like, fighting these cops who are on top of him who are trying to – but the thing is they're just choking him out, and they're killing him. And there, it does get to a point where it's like, all right, dude, like – or do you want to kill this dude? Like, he's not, like, how much of a, he doesn't have a gun in, the, in his hand. He's not a, an immediate threat anymore. 
you don't have to kill him. I know you're trying to subdue him, but like they just kill him. And you hear and the, the other cop say, you hear the other cop tell him to kill stop. Him. You're yeah. killing him. And he says no. Yeah, yeah he, he says does. No out loud. Right, because he can still feel a little bit of resistance, so he doesn't want to stop. Yeah. Don't and, cops have tasers? And it, not like, like, I, don't, not, I don't know if they I had tasers know. there. Because oh, like, like, the only reason I bring that up is because this chokehold that we're talking about, this chokehold is the same chokehold that has killed a black man in New York City. The same fucking chokehold that's on tape, that black man didn't resist, still was killed with the same chokehold. Yeah, my, my only reason I bring it up is there... And, and they not talking somebody who's like selling cigarettes. Cigarettes. And this is not trying to say like, you Eric, know, Eric we're not Gardner. trying to get into a, a cop conversation, but it's just like, yo, is there, but, is there no but way to like restrain so, people? And then, and, and, and so, and then speaking of Eric Gardner, right? It's like he, he died over cigarettes is a thing people said that exact, those exact words. And then in this movie, they say he died because he had a radio. Like, right. Yeah. Just, which is true. Like that was the that was the focal. Like he was like, I want to just be able to play my music loud in your store, yeah. which is a weird thing to want. But like, it's such a small thing. Which is the, what we're talking about. Like everything gets blown out of proportion because everybody's so angry and so aggressive and so agitated that like a thing like a radio is the is the last straw. And it, and then basically a riot happens after that. But it kicked him. Like the, 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 when they, when he was dead on the ground, the cop who was like scared and who said stop was kicking him to get up. Well, yeah, because he, he wanted him to wake. He up. He really wanted him to but wake he up. Wanted, well, well, I, is, I don't give a shit if you want to wake up, but, but you kick him. Yeah, no, he I kicked mean, him because he was pissed off at him for dying. Yeah, he was it's, mad it's, at it's him. Yes. and it's it's yes. Now it's, I got to do paperwork. Completely disrespectful. Well, not just paperwork. He was like scared. It's completely disrespectful, but it's like. That it, is it's what, such an uh, like a just a a fight flight kind of moment. Like yeah. he's like, just get up, just get up. Do not be dead. This is the worst thing that could happen. Yeah, I just want to say, add something. It wasn't just the police. There was one like random Italian dude character in there that was helping the police. Do y'all remember? Oh, that? he was oh. undercover cop. I think at one oh, point he was he, undercover. Yeah, yeah, he was undercover cop. Did you I could, stand correct? At one, I I know what you're talking about because I was like, who's this dude? But then at one point I saw an image of him like getting to a, a, either getting to a cop car or his badge like kind of swing out. Oh wow. Okay. And, and and the thing and then and then the you know they 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 tear up Sal's shop, you know, which like Mookie. You know, Mookie yeah, Mookie does it. Mookie takes a garbage can, throws it through the window and then everything goes loose. So they tear up his shop like as revenge basically for what the police did. And and the mayor's like he didn't do anything. And like <laughs> But it but it was the inciting incident, and then you know Smiley lights the place on the fire, fire. Yep. so it's burning down, and then the and then so more cops come to like disperse the riot, and then also Ugh. you know the fire uh, men come, fire but then they turn most of their hoses instead of putting out a fire, they're they're using their hoses to disperse people. Like I don't yeah. know why. Like you're not a, like you they don't need to mid mid doing I, it. And they turn so the it second, on. The second the police are like, "This is your final warning," they just stop caring about the the. Yeah, flames. and they turn their horse, which is obviously reminiscent of the civil rights era. Yes. And then not only that, but then like, but then, then like there are some of them are like there's like one hose that's going towards the fire, and then you see like some, some of the community members like tackle those people and start fighting with the firemen, and you're like, this is. Ball, like balls insane like it's just crazy <laughs> that's the rise and that's the rise so and then yeah. so and anyway like we said the next day happens so anyway it's a it's yeah. a crazy film um 
but I, we we got to start. Yeah, we got to start. Y- y'all hung out with us for a long time. Thank you. Watch. And then uh, uh, I was gonna bring up a squirrel, but oh, I don't, you, I don't, I don't, I don't have a squirrel, squirrel for this one, man. I like, I like to bring, I like to bring up. Um, there were no when, white women in this like, movie at all. Yeah, usually like not one. When you see like yeah movies with like um, black actors, mm-hmm. uh, male leads, they never have sex with the white woman in the movie. That came after. That was Jungle Fever. That I was know, Jungle but the whole point of that. But I, I don't. I try to find it when it's not about their race. Jungle Fever was about the whole. I mean, Jungle Fever. Well, I guess this one had a squirrel because you have Rosie Perez and. Um, Spike Lee. It was an interracial. It was interracial, it was interracial but, for yeah. sure. You know, we ain't got time for it. And anyway. they had an interracial yeah. baby. And yeah. I, I oh, actually yeah. don't. I also don't. I don't have a movie I want to talk about. Good, man. You don't have a what? You don't? He usually yeah. does a bit about, about bad about movies. A bad movie. James loves bad movies. That's his thing. I, I love bad movies. I see, I've seen your Facebook page. Yep, all right. You <laughs> love some Ninja Turtle Jurassic Park. Yeah. Hell yeah, oh, baby. Man. Oh, stop him. What? I, can I just talk about seven. those for now? No, like, no, no. Like, no. Movies, but, no. Can I just talk about Ninja Turtles? Like, no. John, shut up the I end. Say, though, oh. Something I want to say before we, before we go into the calls real quick. Just a thing that I love about the movie is, I know I keep bringing up things that I think are super artsy about it that I really like, but one of the first things that Sal says is, I'm going to kill somebody today. Oh, oh yeah. He I says, I'm going to kill somebody. A little foreshadowing. Yeah, man. And then every time he picks up a bat, you just like think, is this the moment he's going to kill somebody? Yeah. <laughs> also, if you, for the, for you, when you're first walking, this is the first I've seen it. Like, he just keeps picking up a bat, and it's like, oh, my God, this yeah, man put is. put that bat down. He's ready to fight, too. <laughs> he's gonna I know. His somebody. son keeps me like, oh. Oh, oh, and I have to say this one moment. Like, <laughs> when, the, when the place is burning down, we've established, we didn't talk too much about John Turturro's character, but he's like, he's the son who is like kind of racist. He's like, he keeps telling Sal, I want to move out of here. Like, why do we, like, they're, they're, these people are animals, like, you know, and, and he's like, clear, like, so super racist, even though he has this moment with, with Mookie, Spike Lee's character, who's like, bro, who's your favorite basketball player? Michael Jordan. Who's your favorite, like, they're not black, though. Rock musician. artist, like, musician. He's like, Prince. Prince. Like, he loves black, he does love black entertainers, and he's like, but they're not black, you know. Anyway, so like, and he also talks about the fact that his friends are making fun of him, and like, that's one of the reasons he's racially, you know what I mean? Like, he's racist because, like, of the peer pressure from the people that don't live, you know, in his community. Uh, and, but then at the end of the film, like, you, you know, he's had all this hatred in his heart, and even though there are, there are moments where he's disproven and his, and his father's like, no, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of the film, he sees his place being burnt down, you know, by this community that just like turned on them because of this incident that happened that was kind of out of their control. And <laughs> he's just like, niggers. And he said that line and I was like, and this is why people are still ra- because it was I, literally, justified, I literally was like, it was justified for him. It was justified. Now, yeah. like it, it, he looked at it and, and he was justified and he's like, you can never convince that person that that you know what I mean? And now that's you passed can down. never you can that never reroute that mind is completely closed now. And I was just like, this is this is how it this is how the cycle just co- yeah. continues. And it was such a powerful kids. to me it was yeah. so so powerful. I was just like, oh flip, man. His two kids will now hate black people. Like yep. it's like that is now passed down. Yeah. Uh, here's my gift to you. Uh, so anyway, here's my you know, but, but and like at the same time, kids. this whole community just saw a black man just get get just murdered. murdered again. And like, so they're also like, I will, I'm not trusting white people you because know the I mean? Latino yeah. says the the Latino guy, I can't remember his character's name, but he literally says, "Oh, they did it again." And he starts saying names. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he starts saying yeah. names. So okay, now we're we're gonna do the cause. Uh, we rate films not based on how much we like them, but whether they help you know, the cause of more leading uh, actors of color in Hollywood, in, mm-hmm. in, in major motion pictures. Okay. So this, this, you know, was somewhat of an independent film, but it was like very, it had a high profile. Mm-hmm. A lot of people saw it. 
So, you know, did National it help, film registry, did it help the cause? We either give it a black fist, meaning it fully helped the cause, a white palm, meaning it was so-so, or nothing, meaning it didn't help the cause. All right? On the count of three, we're going to raise up what we, what we think it should have gotten. Whew. Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Four black fists. Yeah, four black fists. I knew that was coming. Oh, come on. Four black fists. All right, y'all want to say it real quick, like, why, why you did it? Oh, I mean, <laughs> it's obvious. I mean, if you go to the IMDb, IMDb page of Do the Right Thing, this movie spawns so many great careers of uh, actors of color. And it's just like such an important film. It's a political film. It's an artistic film. And it just, I mean, it basically brought a lot of uh, of the identity politics, politics and racial politics and, and um just everything going on, it was it. It just took all of those issues and brought them to the forefront and put it into the American consciousness. You know, at a time when a movie like Driving Miss Daisy wins the Oscar for Best Film, right. it, it's just brutally honest, and um, you know, it catapult. It made a lot of people's careers, and um, I think it put. I think it put. Uh, definitely put Spike Lee in that in that pantheon of. of Great directors as well. Exactly. Or give it the black fist. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I gave it a black fist for, for basically the same thing. It's like, especially because, you know, there aren't that many black directors. You know, there's so few. And Spike Lee is the most famous black director. And, th- and this movie is one of, if not, you know, the reason that is. And, um, you know, he did it in a way that's just so, just, it was just so truthful. And, so impactful, so many different things to talk about. I mean, even I feel like we we had a very long conversation. I feel like we barely talked about the movie, yeah. which is crazy. Like, um, and you know, yes, and of course, like you know, I mean, you have so many people like Juan Carlo and Samuel Jackson and like Martin Lawrence who have like these small roles and 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 but like we know how much like high profile film to have a small role in a high profile film really helps your career, and I think it helped all those people. And, and then also like acknowledging great, you know. Um, actors of color who had already been working like Ruby D, you know, and, and, um, Ruby D. <laughs> Davis. Yeah. And, and Ozzy Davis and Bill Nunn. And, and so mm-hmm. it's, so it was, yeah, this movie was just, it, it was great. Uh, obviously it gets a black fist. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I gave it a black fist because I mean, this film is in the national film registry, you know, that's such a powerful thing to have happen. And also the relevance of this movie it's just shocking, you know? And I just feel like if you haven't seen it, you should see it. Mm-hmm. Like, again, it's well done, but it's just shocking how relevant this movie is. It's just, I mean, this is what, what, 30-something years old now? What was that? It's about No, 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 28, 29? 29-ish. It's like, this is insane. Holy crap. Yeah. And, like, we're still dealing with the same thing. So, to me, it's like, it just felt relevant. It just felt powerful, and that's why I got that fist. Yeah, I mean, I've just, everybody said it. Um, I'm, I'm going to point to a line in the movie the guy says um the guy says are you done with your soliloquy and it's a very theatrical word and there's something it feels like and i'm a big theater nut and it feels like you could like text analysis you could do heavy text analysis on this film and like you could you could be talking for a million years about like just the way that it's written it's so well written so well structured uh, it's a beautiful story and like, and it takes you on like a crazy journey. Like you feel there are moments where you're on the side of the, uh, the person who you hate 
two minutes later. Um, uh, and it's just, it's like, it's so well made uh, uh, that I had to give it, I had to give it a fist. Yeah. All right. So that's four black fists. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for coming. Shantae, yeah, Tate. Being oh, man. This being here, bro. This is beautiful. Thank you. Uh, yeah, man. Hey. Any, any, it, you're not really a so you're not really on social media like that. No, I don't I don't want the government tracking me. <laughs> All right. If y'all in New York, come find him. So well, Mar- night on Monday. You can see me uh at UCB every other Wednesday. I'm on this thing called Lloyd Night. I do improv and then I'm on a sketch team called Charles at UCB. And then uh I'm actually working on a, a website, uh a comedy website for uh writers of uh color. Ooh. That should be coming out soon i hope all right oh, so I gotta that. use a computer all right computer all right cool uh we'll be back with our plugs later all right well we'll see you next week peace all right time for some plugs plugs uh First of all, uh, follow us at Black Men Podcast on Twitter uh, uh, and uh, Instagram and blackmenpodcast.com for show dates, stuff like that. Oh, and, you know, subscribe on iTunes and all that good stuff. Yep. Give us a five-star rating, you know. We like to hear from you guys, especially if you're from another country. Um, <clears throat> and blah, 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 shows. I mean... I don't think we have any we have i don't know what time it is is the problem well what we have a like a showcase kind of show at ucb east on september 27th oh yeah we don't know what time for astronomy is. club we don't know what time that is probably gonna be like eight i'm just gonna say it's eight well there's no need to say that <laughs> maybe it is maybe it isn't Check our website when we get the details. Uh, you can follow me at John Braylock on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, johnbraylock.com for videos and stuff like that. And that's all That's all for me. Yeah, you can follow me uh, at Draw Milligan on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Check out MTV, yada, yada, yada. Bang, 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 boom. You can follow me at James Third Comedy. Third is 3RD. Or jamesthirdcomedy.com. I hate when you do that voice. All it's right. Just how and, I sound. Uh, <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Next week, we will be reviewing the film Undercover Brother. Undercover Brother! Starring Eddie Griffin. Oh, yeah. And uh, that will be a live episode. Coming out of the Hollywood improv, because we're going to be in Hollywood! Or we were. We were. We were. would have been. Or we're like, we're there now while you're listening to this. Oh, yeah, true. Right? Guys, I don't know. Kind of, time I am. Space. I am. I am too. Uh, <laughs> all right, that's all. We'll see you next week. Bye. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>